How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Across the Biofrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. Now, most of the time, I say that at the beginning, we were exploring the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor, but today we are breaking tradition. This is going to be like one of the first episodes, maybe the first episode, that we have not talked about Marvel's Thor. We're breaking from tradition completely, and we are going to talk about five other Thors that we believe you should know about. So on today's episode, we're going to reference Marvel's Thor, but we're really hoping to widen your expanse of the uh, the, the historical mytho mythological character Thor through a few other versions of the character that you may not know about, but we think you should know about. And for this episode, it's it's just been way too long. It's been way too long since I've gotten to hang out with Eric Bennett. So he knows more about these versions of Thor than I do. I'm going to lean on his expertise and we're going to have a great fun conversation. Eric, welcome back to Across the Bifrost, man. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be back. These are always so much fun. And this is going to be a great discussion. Oh, there's literally decades and decades of things to discuss in this episode and uh we're uh yeah we're gonna talk about five versions of thor that listeners probably aren't all that familiar with if you're coming in and you're maybe a casual movie fan or you've picked up a thor comic here and there you may not know that these characters existed but thankfully eric and i do so we're gonna do a little bit of the heavy lifting for you and hopefully give you a fun information filled conversation and some starting points. If you want to go check out these characters where you can go learn more about them. Um, we're just going to jump right. We'll do the, we'll do the plugs and everything at the end. We'll, we'll tell people how they can join the Thor core like yourself, Eric, how they can join, they can join the party over on Patreon. We'll tell them where they can find us on social media later, but right now we're going to jump into our first Thor that everyone should know. And Eric's going to Eric's going to take this one because I learned about this Thor from Eric. So, prof Professor Eric, please take us back to the 1940s. Well, to begin with, we're going to head all the way back to 1940 and we're going to dive into the world of the public domain. Ooh, those are characters whose copyrights and trademarks have lapsed. So anybody is free to use them in whatever way they choose. And the first one we're going to we're going to talk about is uh, from Fox Features, and it is Grant Farrell who was gifted with the power of Thor. So and, um, it is by creator. His name is Wright Lincoln. Wright Lincoln. Okay, very yeah. very fancy posh sounding name. So what about this Thor? This Thor debuted in a in a comic called Weird Comics Number One. What is like? What is this Thor like? What is Grant Farrell's Thor like? And maybe how is he different than I don't know the Marvel Thor that's kind of like the pop culture, you know, phenomenon right now. Well, he shares a lot of similarities with uh, the modern pop Thor in that Grant has long blonde hair. He wears a helmet that, while it doesn't have wings on the side, it has a couple armor plates. Uh, he's got a long blue cape. Uh, blue underwear and as is often the case with characters from the golden age that's basically it it's every now and simple. then he's drawn yeah he's drawn with boots on sometimes he's in his bare feet but there's literally nothing else to his costume uh, and the deal with him is that uh, the actual god of thunder thor apparently has retired and he's up he's yeah he's up in valhalla drinking it up partying with the valkyries obviously yeah, and he looks down at Earth and, and sees basically what terrible condition things are in because, you know, the 1940s, the Depression, uh, World War II ramping up and all that, all the conflict. And he's like, you know, well, we can't have this. I need to go get a champion because, you know, he decides that instead of uh, doing things himself, he wants to have a champion do it for him. Right. So he picks this guy who, uh, man, I tell you what, just, just off the bat, I mean, we, we've often talked about like love interests with comics. Right. Grant right. Farrell has the worst love interest. 
I, it was not the most exciting part of the issue. I will admit it was the first time I had read it and they like, everything is so boiled down and simplified. Uh, his, his love life is very, uh, I don't know. I felt like it jumped around a lot. <laughs> his, his, the, his love interest, uh, she's awful. She does nothing but to complain to him that he's not man enough. Yes. That he's too mousy. And he tries to be suave and debonair for her, takes her out to a nice place. They're out there dancing on the floor and some better looking dude comes in and she just goes off with him. Right, right away. So, <laughs> yeah. So Grant goes home and literally is sitting in bed with a gun in his hand thinking of committing suicide. It got super dark real fast. Yeah. Thor shows up in his room just out of the blue and says, hey, you're coming with me. So whereas you... You know, and then next thing you know, Thor's flying him up to Valhalla, and you think you might get like a training montage or something. On a lightning bolt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> His and mode of transportation is way cooler. <laughs> literally rides the lightning. Rides yes. on a lightning bolt. <laughs> yes. So there's there's literally two panels. One panel where Thor is taking the mortal Grant Farrell up to Valhalla. The next panel, oh, look at this. Transformed into Thor's being, Grant surveys the world, and now he's looking at the at Midgard again. Just, he automatically hey. has the literally in the in the gutter in between those panels, something happened, yes. and all of a sudden he's got all these powers. He knows how to use them. It, like it's it's like a Rocky movie without the montage. <laughs> a lot of a lot of old Golden Age stories are thin. Shall we say? I, I think that's a, a very apt way of saying that. Yeah. These Grant Farrell stories are even worse. They um, feel no need to explain anything. They really don't. At all. So, yeah. It, I, I am surprised that Grant Farrell is as well-known and well-liked as he is. Because right. these stories are, and, you know, they're, they're rough. <laughs> They're maybe rough. it's like maybe it's like a modern version of a b movie where like it's like oh it's so bad it's good yeah i, I tell my boys that too like sometimes a, a movie is so terrible that it loops right around and it's awesome right you know? uh, yeah right yeah so, so, so he has a conflict in this like we we just got basically the two two three page origin story but the right. conflict is even like it's 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 random like it feels like you said very thin um, but like, what does this new Grant Farrell Thor, Eric, what does he do with these powers? Cause it gets well, like, the, the first thing he does is he has to go rescue his would be girlfriend because she, you know, she is basically out there looking for adventure, looking to get into trouble. And she finds right. it and she gets abducted by these dudes and taken to, what is it? A South American country. It, yeah, some generic made up like oh, it ha it has a name. Hold Andura on. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And Andura, that's exactly it. Uh they wanna they wanna capture the mines to and yeah. I guess take over the country or something. So yeah. so Thor goes and he uses his powers to knock the plane down and rescue her. And I know we talk a lot about uh, sort of how different he is and how different the stories of the time were but there is a particular panel on the seventh page of the story at the bottom it's the largest panel on the page shows him having thrown the hammer through a whole bunch of tanks and to me right. that is a very marvel comics right panel. yes i could I absolutely see ron friends drawing that yes know? it felt very like classic thor like the hammer going through stuff is i feel like every artist that's done thor has done some version of that absolutely absolutely but yeah so he he rescues her uh takes takes her across the border and then goes back to these guys pretends to be another one of the dudes that they've captured and glenda comes back yes again and she gets herself captured again and thrown into the same cave as Grant. So he's got to free them both, <laughs> you know. And, of course, he shows up as Thor, rescues her again, and takes off. And then after, after 
successfully doing what needed to be done, he goes back up to Valhalla and reports back to Thor, regaling them with the tales of this adventure. Right. You know, and Thor's like, you know, you have well earned the right to my name and my magic hammer. They are now yours to keep. Oh, you're going to just let me have the greatest weapon in mythology. Thanks. That's yeah, awesome. that I wish it was that, that was, easy. It was an epic deal we just made there. Um, and then he 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 leaves the he leaves his girlfriend like high and dry. He like he does the power play where he's like, mm, no, I, I'm 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 I, you know what? I'm breaking up with you before you can, you know, stay broken up with me. Um, and that's that's really how the first appearance of this Fox features Thor ends and I like he would keep going for uh, a few more issues, right, Eric? He does. Uh, there's a few more where he keeps this look, and then towards the end of his run, all of a sudden, he's lost the helmet. He's lost the cape. He doesn't even use the hammer anymore, and his costume goes from being blue to being costume. I use yeah. that in quotes. His it goes name from being or costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It goes from being blue to being red. Yes. So, yeah. So a lot, a lot changes. Uh, it's it's very golden. It's very golden age. It's very 1940s comics. Um, it's funny. Like I even know some people that are like, oh, Silver Age comics are kind of campy and and odd and 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 you know what you said, kind of thin. I'm like, well, it's got nothing on some golden age comics. Um, they you give them a lot of credit because they were inventing the medium, so they were learning what would right. work and what wouldn't work. But sometimes it worked better than other times. And this is an example of a story that did not work that well. But um, we got our first example. Did you say, we were talking about this the other day. Was it the first example of Thor being modernized in comics? Or was there was there something before this that might have been maybe a little lesser known? There was. Um, MLJ which is the company that became Archie Comics. Today. Okay. Um, they had a story in the Golden Age in 1939. Oh, where okay. Just a year a before. Group, a group of time, a time-traveling professor, and forgive me for not knowing exactly what the story title is called, <laughs> he goes through time basically picking up people at a time and saying, hey, let's go travel through time, and takes random dudes from history with him. And he picks up a Viking whose name is Thor, but he's not the god. He oh, okay. is a Viking whose name is just Thor. So so this is the first example of the, the Norse god Thor being adapted then? To my knowledge, yeah. yeah. Uh, to, this to... is what I think the first time we see the actual god of thunder himself in the story. By the way, I think you just gave the synopsis for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> a guy wrong. going through history just guys <laughs> <guys> up <laughs> you're not wrong i gotta pass my history <laughs> test man uh but so that that's that's the fox features comics thor the grant farrell thor and it honestly it, he, he was the thor that i didn't know about before eric and i started this this idea this concept of doing this episode so eric thank you for introducing me to i mean a ridiculous version of this character but we're uh we're gonna move on to another version of the character in a, a dc comic yes casual fans eric already mentioned this earlier thor of norse mythology is technically a public domain character so there are and i we're gonna talk more about like copyrights and trademarks and how can people use this character how the specific ways you can use it and how you can't use it we're going to talk about that later on in the conversation but dc comics had a version of thor they, they have a few versions of thor but one of the first ones was done in tales of the unexpected number 16 in 1957 this is only a handful of years before uh, Larry Lieber, Stanley, and Jack Kirby would introduce our, our our Marvel concept of Thor in Marvel Comics. But a few years before that, a a, a plucky artist who you may be familiar with, we already mentioned him. Uh, his name was Jack Kirby. He, for DC Comics, put together a story called The Magic Hammer. So this version of Thor, our second version of Thor, we're going to talk about on this episode, is basically Jack Kirby's pre-Thor. 
he it's it's the thor before the thor it's it would be the before thor uh so this version of thor is very viking based and the hammer actually plays a bigger part in the story um than even the the fox one that we just spoke about basic concept of this story is a, a gentleman named Gerald Bard finds Thor's hammer just out, out in the desert, out in the, in the wilderness somewhere. And he realizes that the hammer can make rain. So he's going to try to make it rain with this rain maker. And he's trying to come up with ways to get rich. And then he realizes after a, a bit of a, I guess kind of a bit of a, a test. He, he's trying to throw the hammer at some, some coyotes to get away from him. And he realizes the hammer can break into stuff. So he's like, Hmm, if the hammer can break things like trees, maybe it can break things like bank vaults. And I don't have to do this whole rigmarole with making rain and then getting paid to make, getting paid to make rain for other people. I can just go and rob banks. That is when the Norse deity Thor finds out about his villainy and he comes and interjects himself into the situation. He's like, hey, that's mine. Loki stole it from me. And now finally I found it. Give it back. Gerald says, no, man, this is like my path to the top. I'm not giving it up. And Thor basically flexes on him super hard. And uh, (laughs) he he forces him to give up the hammer. I think he electrocutes his horse or something like that. Um, And he gets Gerald to uh, give him back the hammer. uh, And then Gerald kind of goes crazy and no one believes him that he has met the Norse god Thor. He's like, oh, that's just thunder. But in Gerald's head, it's Thor laughing at him because he's outsmarted this mortal who who thought he had the the path to power and and, and riches, uh, but Thor outsmarted him. So this issue, I'm not going to lie, for its campiness, I did enjoy. It it is a wacky and weird, but I really enjoyed this. It's uh, like I said, it's tales of the unexpected number 16. And this is Jack Kirby's like first uh, to, again, to my knowledge, it's his first attempt at a Thor character, a Thor God character in comics when he was working for DC. But Eric, this is a, this is a great story. I love yeah, this story. It's simple. It's, it, it's, it. I will say this and we can tell the listeners more about this. There's so many different elements of this story that will make it into the Marvel comics version of Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. What were some of the ones that stood out to you that listeners might find interesting? Well, uh, you pointed this out in our pre-discussion. If you look at the design of Mjolnir itself, it is literally the Marvel Comics hammer right. that Jack draws. Right. Yeah. And, and that he wouldn't change that much. Like no. throughout his drawing of Thor, the hammer doesn't change that much. And you can see, I mean, literally, it is pen stroke for pen stroke, the Absolutely. same hammer, um, even to its size its size in his hands uh there's even some panels in here where you're like oh my gosh that's a jack kirby thor pose or that's a jack kirby thor panel i'm thinking of the um on page six of this story in the top right um if you go look at maybe some of these panels listeners uh in the top the top furthest uh, right panel that is like a silver age jack kirby thor panel where the hammer is coming at you as the reader and his arm is thrown all the way to the side so you're you're give you're supposed to have this this feeling that the the hammer is being thrown at you in a very 3d almost way I, I'm, I'm reading that i'm like okay I feel like I've seen that panel a thousand times in books that would happen, you know, five, 10 years from, from when this one was done. So it was cool to see something like that. You picked out a few other things that even I didn't notice uh, going through, uh, going through this short story. Um, Yeah. If you look at the design of, of Thor himself in the story, like you said, he's much more what you would typically expect for a Viking design. Right. Um, you know, obviously not historically accurate, but still what we think of for a Viking. And if you look at him, he's got three armored circular plates on his chest. 
one on yep. each pectoral muscle and one sort of maybe solar plexus. Uh, so there's that. And then later on, whenever he's talking, uh, whenever Thor is explaining to Gerald uh, about how he lost his hammer, it turns out that Loki stole the hammer. Right. Shouldn't, shouldn't have been able to happen, but well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> we'll gloss past that. Yeah, the design for Loki himself, while significantly different than Marvel, has the two big rounded curved horns on his helmet. Yes. So that's another element that you could see that, hey, I kind of like how that looks, and he kept that. So, so, so there, even even a little bit more as we're kind of the the evolution of Thor is getting closer to the Marvel, you know, the the premise that they would run with, uh, which is much more that superheroic. The, the the blonde chiseled features um all the all the all the heroic aspects that they would change about these more norse versions of the character we're seeing that evolution well now the third thor we're going to talk about we're going to jump all the way to the golden age of comics the 1990s and we're <laughs> going to go to 1997 and for the first time on this show we're going to talk about one of my favorite things to, to come out of, I don't know, like it almost feels like fantasy booking comics. The, we're going to talk about the version of Thor that appeared in the Amalgam Comics universe, which was a cross-promotional DC-Marvel joint project. And the version of Thor we get in that universe is Thorian of the new Asgods. Eric, I, I cede the stage to you. Please tell us about Thorian of the new Asgods. It is wackiness and fun and it is awesome. And it, it does what you feel that Kirby wanted to do in that it blends the Asgardians with the new gods. Right. Because the, the fourth world is supposed to rise from the destruction of Asgard. You know? Yes. Uh, so literally the story opens with Ragnarok. There's a big, a big spread. Surtur is looming over everything in the background, you know, and it's like the final conflict between the gods and the forces of evil. And trolls break in to the to the hall, and Odin is there waiting for them. But let me let me, but I digress. The book itself is written by Keith Giffen, who is great. Humor, serious stuff. The man can do all. He's got all kinds of range as a writer. What were some of the other Am things he, he wrote? I, I'm not overly familiar with the name. Uh, uh, he wrote, uh, he did a Lobo. He did Ambush oh, wow. Bug. He is famous for Legion of Superheroes. He okay. is famous, majorly famous for his run on Justice League International, what they call the Bois-ha-ha -ha <laughs> the, the Giffen de Mateus era. Okay. Shane, uh, you know, Shane from Comic Geek Speak, that's his bread and butter. That's that's his lifeblood right there. So, so some of the, the art of kilter books, like the kind of uh, like just left of center. Uh, it's not, you know, your action comics, your detective comics. It's kind of that that of that off to the side stuff. He, you know, I, and somebody in the audience, please correct me. I'm not that familiar with his work. If he did any work on like any of the quote unquote big three. Yeah. Uh, but I know that uh, he did work for a lot of cosmic stuff at Marvel later on, like in the okay. annihilation and post annihilation era, he did a Thanos series with Ron Lim. Oh, cool. Spectacular. It's where they introduced the fallen. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the concepts like the kiln and the crunch and things that we take for granted now in the Marvel movies, that's where they're from. Oh, so so Giffen is definitely something that if people are more uh, maybe familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, go check out some of his Marvel stuff. Yes. yes okay. Definitely. But then, of course, like I said, the, the art for this issue is by uh, John Romita Jr., who may, and I don't have the dates exactly in my head, so again, if I'm incorrect, you know, let me know. But I think that this is when Dan Jurgens and Ramita Jr. were doing the Thor book itself. Yes. So that's yep. why he did the art on this. 
right so because these were all mm-hmm. all the amalgam comics were kind of combined projects right. uh, it's like you'd right. have a writer from the marvel side or, or uh, 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 an artist from the dc side or vice versa colorists exactly. and letterers it was basically they were creating these all-star teams mm-hmm. and they were just letting them be like hey go have fun with this thing <laughs> like it's it's nuts um exactly ramita jr yeah so so ramita jr did the art and basically as i said the trolls break into odin's room and they're like you know it's the end of end of things and odin's like no i struck a deal with the source and today's not the end it's the beginning oh and the big the hand of the source itself comes and just envelops asgard emir and surter all together and bang we jump ahead uh what does it say uh you're one of the new order so it says there came a time when the old gods changed (laughs) and we we come into this guy who's spinning the hammer above his head very thor-like sends guys off and then there's a big splash page of thorai and the hunter so yes yeah so yeah. You mentioned it a little bit, and what I what I find so compelling about this version of the amal- amalgam Thor is you take Kirby's new gods and combine him with one of the characters that he drew for Marvel for the longest time. I mean, um, his his Thor and his Fantastic Four are like when I think of Kirby Silver Age superhero comics, I think Thor, I think Fantastic Four. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing something, but those are the two that jump right to mind for me. Um, but then like when he went over to DC, New Gods was like the big, like conceptually, that was the big thing. So you have these two big Kirby properties being played out in 1997. And you have you have them being meshed together in a way that mm-hmm. had this been attempted before? Like, because... Kirby's brain is kind of hard to replicate. It may be impossible. Um, I, I, I don't know that this sort of thing was done before, but I do know that during Kirby's run on, on the, in the fourth world books on the new gods, especially uh, there's a new God whose name is Lunar. Okay. And unlike the other gods of new Genesis, he doesn't live in Supertown, floating above the surface. He lives on the ground because okay. he wants to explore the world itself. New Genesis is lush. It's unspoiled. Right. Uh, and so the gods live above it in their floating city. He wants to live on the ground and experience things. And he finds over the course of, of time, you know, Jack Kirby's run later on during Walt Simonson's stuff, they find there's a scene of Lonar picking up Thor's helmet. Oh, with okay. The wings on it and everything. Uh, there's one point where they have found Thor's belt of strength, Megan. Okay. Yeah. And Desaad, of course, corrupts that and gives it to Kalabak. Okay. And so Kalabak has the belt of strength in a story by Simonson, but we're sort of drifting off the course here. That's okay. It's, uh, pro- it's If someone was hoping for like some secret DC comics talk, that's probably as close as you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's we something else. Though. Odd reference. Now we need to move on. <laughs> so we're 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 doing this this whole combination of of Thor and Orion and the Fourth World, but they're sprinkling in elements of what was happening at that time too. Okay. Because whenever Thorion flies over, I don't want. I, I'll say New Genesis, but what it actually is is half the planet is New Genesis and half the planet is Apocalypse. Okay. Okay. So instead of those being two separate planets, they combined them. Right. Which is what had happened in Jack Kirby's fourth world at the time. Okay. So in the so they're sort of showing, hey, this is what's going on in the normal book. The two worlds are fused. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, hey, any any listeners out there, if you want to dig in to a mind-bending like little corner of comics, check out Kirby's fourth world uh with uh, with the new gods uh i mean that's that's where dark side comes from yeah like you're familiar with dc comics i mean that's like you want to get into some of the the cosmic weird really like almost game of thronesy kind of like approach to it where 
there's so many different characters so many different concepts and then of course kirby would come back to marvel later on and he would do the eternals and i feel like maybe the eternals is like those books like where you're just like i don't know what to do with this there's just so much (laughs) um (laughs) kirby's mind i mean it's kind of insulting to call him brilliant um but it's the intricate what i think is so cool about both his art style and his storytelling is the intricacies and the interwovenness of his concepts uh so we're seeing in uh thorian uh the of the new asgods we're seeing those things combined and giffen and ramita jr they they try their absolute best they try their hand at combining these big kirby concepts uh into this one book and if you want to check out more of of that character the amalgam comic store there's really only one issue so uh you check out thorian of the new asgods number one from 1997 he's not but he's not the only combination of amalgam to make a Thor. So we have Thorion, yes, who is a combination of Thor and Orion, of course. But then later on, I can't remember, I think it might have been in the second subsequent series, Thor and Superman fuse together. And it, it was during the time when Superman was the electric blue Superman. Ooh. So, yeah. So we get that and combined with Thor and he turns into Thor L. Thor L, yes. Yes. The Kryptonian god of thunder. Well, we'll we'll have to do a second version of this. Five other other Thors you should know. (laughs) Exactly. Because like we said earlier, because Thor is a public domain character, we're going to get into this in in a few minutes. Once we get to our fifth entry on the list, like you can really do a lot with this character. Yeah. Like, I could like I tonight could sit down and write a version of Thor and it wouldn't be like a crazy thing. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode on five other Thors you should know. I also think you should know that we have a Patreon. We call it the Thor Core. So in the episode description, you'll find a link. And on our social media, you'll find links to this Patreon group where if you sign up, you get early episodes and weekly bonus episodes from us here at Across the Bifrost this week on the bonus show. We're going to be talking about the new show from HBO, House of the Dragon, and whatever really comes to my mind. It's going to be a fun show, and we might even have someone stop by as a special guest. But the weekly bonus show is yours. If you join the Thor Core, you'll also get episodes as soon as we record them. They'll be on Patreon for you to enjoy. So just for a few dollars a month, consider joining the Thor Core today and get all the perks. And also just know that you're supporting the show in that way. We can pay for uh, some subscriptions we need to take care of the show. And it, it just helps us get it out to more people. So if you are able and you want to do that, go to the link in the episode description or any of our social media links. We'll be sharing them over there. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Some of the other things in this book that they that they combine, you've got Dark Side combined with Thanos. And he's Thanos side. Thanos you've side. got Loki combined with Desaad. He's Loki Desaad. But the wrench in that works is He's occupying Desaad's place. He looks like Loki, but he's actually scot free. Oh, yeah, very so, interesting. Yeah, maybe okay. Is for casual listeners, explain who scot free is. Scot free is Mister Miracle. Mister Miracle, yeah, is the son of High Father, who was bargained in what they called the Pact where Darkseid and High Father traded their infant sons yes. as a way to keep the peace. So that's who Scott Free is. Uh, there's a fantastic, the there's a fantastic series from a few years ago by Tom King called Mr. Miracle. If you want to look at any Mr. Miracle stuff, uh, give it a shot. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so there's so many, so many different combinations. I think that's really one of the, I don't know about you, Eric, but like, I think that's one of the main appeals to things like amalgam. It's like, how are they going to combine these things? Mm-hmm. They're going to make, how are we going to combine the familiar and make them like a new form of familiar? Um, 
which you know I, that's why i i love i love uh amalgam comics and i need to get my hands on a uh Thorian and the new gods number one i need to i need to get my hands on it are do you think they're expensive i don't think so yeah probably not um not not a not a not a high dollar comic uh but our fourth entry on the list we're gonna jump a few more years ahead and we're going to revisit a name that uh eric and i I feel like eric and i talk about pretty frequently when we're just chatting or when we get together for for stuff like this we're going to talk about uh idw's 2015 release of walt simonson's ragnarok now you may be thinking ryan you said we weren't going to talk about marvel comics thor and you're right we're not but we are going to talk about walt simonson's version of thor that appeared in his 2015 uh beginning of his of his run on a comic called ragnarok which was proposed to him by by a friend of his like hey would you like to do your version of thor and norse mythology and walt simonson did and kind of the basic premise of this is that ragnarok has already happened and thor wasn't there so all the gods they fought uh, many of them died and basically the whole um the whole nine realms got consolidated into this one dusk land and all the bad guys have basically their their run of the place and thor has been gone for so long but then he comes back and he starts putting together the pieces of, of what has happened while he's been gone and simonson over four volumes so far has has laid out the story of what happens now that thor is back on the scene so uh, the first the, the first volume is if you're looking to get into this comic, which uh, Eric, I uh, you know, is is a big cheerleader for this since day one. Um, if you're looking to get into this comic, volume one is a great place to start. It's called The Last God Standing. And uh, Eric, maybe hit listeners with some. Uh, why should they check out Walt Simonson's Ragnarok if they're looking for another version of Thor? Because it is, quite frankly, a masterpiece. Agreed. <laughs> it is giving Walt free reign to do what he wants. And the world that he creates around all of that and the stories he can tell. I mean, his, his work on Thor in Marvel was exceptional and is the banner, the, the standard as far as I'm personally concerned. Yeah. And the... The thing about this is while it isn't Marvel's Thor, if you squint and sort of right. blur your eyes a little bit, right. you can kind of pretend that this is Marvel's Thor. Right. And this happens way in the future sometime, you know. Right. <sighs> now they actually do show this Thor when he was quote unquote normal looking and he's obviously not marvel story he's got the red hair and the beard and all that stuff but the way he looks now is he looks like a drogger he's got the long white hair his face is all desiccated he's got no bottom jaw which is which is a running joke right right you know uh so. I did I did hear an interview with Simonson where um they were like, why doesn't he have a lower jaw? And he's like, Oh, I, I might do something with that. I might, I might not. And he yeah. said uh that um fellow fellow legendary artist Mike Mignola, who was a creator of the uh creator I mean the establishing artist on Hellboy, he gave him a story and Simonson's like, Oh yeah, cool, I might do that. I might I might not. Like, can you imagine being so like so locked into your creativity? Be like, oh yeah, like Mike Mignola gives you an idea, and you're like, Oh, sure, maybe. Um, but I listening to Walt Simonson talk about Ragnarok, you can just tell he is so dialed into this world that he's created outside of i mean this guy wrote thor for 50 some issues he wrote him for years he's become the synonymous name with uh with thor and then they're like hey do you want to do that again but like take all the shackles off yes that's essentially what ragnarok is um yeah i mean the whole concept 
I'm sorry, the whole concept of the Dusklands itself, where all nine worlds have been merged into one right. giant flat disc. Uh, it's like it's like people that are into the flat earth theory. It's like this is their heaven, you know, because <laughs> right. it it is one giant flat disc. If you're familiar with Malibu comics, they did that story called the God Wheel. It's basically like the God Wheel, except okay. in in mythology, uh, the two wolves. Uh, oh man! Oh I boy! Like I need to, I need to turn in my card if I can't remember their you names. You set you set yourself up for a trivia question. <laughs> I did. I did. They're gonna they're gonna muddle the murder me. I know it. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, okay, I, I admit defeat at the moment. Uh, the two wolves who chase the sun and the moon across the sky. Right. They catch them and they eat them. And of course, eating the sun and eating the moon kills the wolves. Right. So these giant wolf carcasses with the sun inside and with the moon inside, they fall down onto the dust clans. So the whole thing is in a perpetual twilight because the closer you get to the, the wolf's body with the sun pouring out of it, the brighter it will get. But everything else is just hazy in the same way yeah. with the moon. And wow, I, I can't believe I forgot their names. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> we'll give you a pass on this one. <laughs> But needless to say, you need to go like you need to go check out um, Ragnarok. And uh, Eric was showing off some of the um, the trade the trades that are out. You can go buy them hardcover. Uh, I think Eric said they were about around twenty five dollars. Um, twenty five. Yep. Yeah. So go like seriously go uh, buy these books. I know I'm going to put them on some like birthday Christmas lists for myself. Um, I've only read uh, the digital versions, but like the books look so cool and so sweet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Walt Simonson's Ragnarok from IDW. Uh, yep. I believe right now, uh, what there's uh, 12 issues. No, there's got to be like there's, there's got to be more than 12 out. There's three hardcover collections. Okay, and I think each one has five issues or six. Okay, so there's wow. a good amount of comics out there. Yes. If you want to dig into this world and see, like, hey, I wonder what Walt's been up to the last few years. It largely yes. it's been Ragnarok. Um yes. and it's kind and of the his... two the two wolves names are Skull and Hati. There we go. Bingo. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I he wasn't he wasn't gonna get off of this ep- he wasn't gonna end this episode without knowing those names, just so you're all aware. Um but I'm waiting for the well actually. Well, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Eric. I perpetually wait for the well actually people, and I, and I, I realized either they don't listen to this or they're so frustrated they don't want to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we've come to the last version of Thor that I believe we believe you should know. Our first one was Fox Features Thor, the Grant Farrell uh, Golden Age Thor. Uh, then the second one was Jack Kirby's precursor to his Marvel Thor in Tales of the Unexpected for DC Comics in 1957. Then we talked about Thorion and the new Asgods from Amalgam Comics in 1997. We just got done regaling you with all the reasons you should go read Walt Simonson's Ragnarok. We've come to the fifth one. And I'm really excited to talk about the fifth one because the fifth version of Thor that I believe you should know is Tyrannus the Thunderlord created by none other than our guest Eric Bennett? Eric, he's he's getting all bashful now. So I am I don't really release video of this of this uh, podcast, but I will post a bunch of pictures of this. I am currently holding my copy of Tyrannus the Thunderlord number one uh, from G Man Comics, and uh, I have the the author, the creator, the the mastermind behind the character with with me on this right now like you thought he was just a normal guy but no he's a comic creator so, i'm just gonna keep piling accolades on until, I, I know it's like oh my god you're, you're really digging just me see, a hole until i just see eric bennett has left the call oh, but if you can see how how bright red i am too eric i mean seriously you we've been taught we've talked about thor comics for a long time i feel like over the last year we've talked about a lot of thor comics and where like just maybe tell listeners like your version of the character where did it come from 
Tyrannus is the Celtic god of thunder. Yes. Um, and my family is descended from uh, from that area, like like Scotland and Wales and Northern Europe, like Germanic Europe and stuff. And the, and the Celtic gods were worshipped there. So, you know, there's sort of a connection there. But if you want the actual real world origin of this character and oh, I do. this is going to be this is going to be something that's actually included in the second issue in the little oh, awesome forward matter uh tyrannus began his life because my friends and i used to play the marvel superheroes role-playing game awesome yep yep <laughs> awesome we if if people are familiar with my character steel wolf who is probably what i'm best known for uh we had played that's where he got his his birth too. Okay. Um, we played for a couple of years, had a big campaign. We decided we wanted something different. We said, you know what? We want to play as our favorite Marvel characters, but we don't want to be those Marvel characters. Okay. So it's like, I want to play as Thor, but not be Thor. Okay. So we came up with this giant convoluted <laughs> scenario where... Comic book doctor, fans don't do that. What? Oh, not a, not at all. <laughs> Where do, a Doctor Doom robot fights the Avengers, uses a transporter portal to go to a parallel Earth. Of course. Okay. Of course. This Earth has no superheroes, no superpowered beings on it at all. Okay. So he goes through this portal, but the the Avengers can't follow him because any organic matter that goes through this portal gets disintegrated. So, makes sense. And okay, I was a teenager, so be <laughs> kind. They come up with a big plan that they're going to equip the people of this other earth with weapons to defend themselves. Tony Stark's a weapons maker. Okay. So he made a, a suit of armor. Thor went to Asgard, had a hammer forged, and also had a sword forged. Okay. And so all these artifacts were put into a vehicle that was going to travel through the barrier. Okay. The vehicle was sealed by the magic of this hammer. Okay. Okay. So that only somebody worthy to wield the hammer could open it. And theoretically, that person would then make sure that all the weapons were distributed to the right kind of people. Makes sense. Again, I was a teenager. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Long story short, this character found the hammer. His name was Donald Stoner, was worthy to wield it. When he picked it up, he was transformed into a version of Thor called Thunderlord. Okay. Okay. Long red hair, beard, that sort of thing. Fast forward a number of years later, I was messing around with this design, trying to see if I could use it for anything in the modern day because he was so blatantly a Thor ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> that I thought there's no way I could possibly use this. But then a friend of mine, a fellow creator named Andrew Rowland, he said, well, why don't you look into the Celtic God of Thunder, Tyrannus? So I looked into the great Tyrannus. Name. And I'm like, yeah. Comes from the word Terran, which means thunder. Fantastic. <clears throat> so I looked into it. I thought, hey, I can use this. Stripped the character down, made some changes. And he is, as you appear, as he appears in the book now. The biggest thing I did was I took the hammer away from him. And the hammer was called Sky Spanner. Okay. That was the name that I gave the hammer. So if you look at, if you know Tyrannus, all the statues of Tyrannus that have ever been found, he's got a lightning bolt in one hand and a wheel in the other. Okay. Okay. So I said... How about instead of a wheel, that's actually a shield? And that's actually referenced in the first issue. Right. Right. And and the and I decided this is an enchanted shield because in the in the stories, he could throw the wheel and it would roll across the heavens, making the thunder. It would return to his hand exactly like Mjolnir does. Perfect. You know? So I Perfect. said I renamed the shield Sky Spanner. All the pieces are coming together. Yep. So that is where that is where he comes from. That is it, the long, stupid teenage Marvel <laughs> origin of Tyrannus the Thunderlord. But I, I feel like I've said this to you multiple times. Like 
dude you've you've written and created more comics than i have so uh a lot of a lot of us talk about doing things but you 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 walked the walk you did the promoting for it you did the the hard work the scripting i I did want to know one thing um there are some special elements in the in in tyrannus number one that i wanted to talk about namely uh number one the cover uh i have a special cover um done by a very uh very uh great thor artist maybe tell the listeners about uh the the one of the variant covers um that's uh pretty special it, it is a ron friends variant cover homaging his own work on thor yeah um, yeah we we talked about we talked about this a little bit ago and i should have written the numbers down uh, I think it was what was it four thirty two with Eric Masterson on the yeah. cover. Yeah, there's a. I think he 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 homages his own cover later on with right. uh, with then Thor Odinson. Um, but yeah, the the the. I mean, it, Ron Friends literally drew more issues of Thor than some, most people have ever read, and he he did the cover for for mm-hmm. one of the one of the variants. That's I, it's a cool thing, and uh, and. I understand you got to chat with Ron about that. And like, that's, I did. that's a cool thing. For, former guest of the show, Ron friends, by the way, um, <laughs> yes, indeed. if you want to hear more, uh, Ron, uh, talk about Thor comics, head back into the archives and Ron would love to regale you with stories for a few hours, um, via, via some very old hosting done by yours. Truly. <laughs> um, but there's no great episodes. Uh, well, thank you. Um, so, I, also, there's a few characters in here. Uh, uh, maybe just uh, his Tyrannus is kind of like supporting cast. Um, if people are like really familiar with Thor comics, this will give you the vibe of reading a Thor comic with some refreshed versions of uh, some analogs, if I'm allowed to say analogs, I guess. Like Kurzal, Kurzal gave me Ulick the Troll vibes. And I've told you that a few times. Um, Dara gives me Lady Sif vibes um, in, in certain aspects. Um, strong female warrior. Um, there's just so many cool aspects of this comic. I, I wanted to maybe just hear from you about like the supporting cast and um, what, what readers could expect from maybe picking up a Tyrannus comic in the, in the future. Cause the first Kickstarter is, is done completely. Uh, and we're working on the second, the second issue right now. Yes. Uh, uh, Luis Rivera and uh, phenomenal and, indie artist. Yes. He is doing the art and I got to say it is, gorgeous the pages he's turning in are stunning um every time you send me a, a little sneak sneak peek i'm like well there's a bunch of money there's a bunch of money gladly spent on on a second <laughs> <laughs> I, that yeah, second so. issue is going to be gorgeous um truly I, it is it is it's going to be beautiful if, if it if it's not very good to read at least it's going to look good uh, <laughs> but uh um, about yeah, the comic so, book medium <laughs> yep there is a female antagonist in this. Her name is Valthana. She is a dark elf. And she was first introduced in a previous book called uh, Torvald the Viking versus Tyrannus the Thunderlord, which was yes. released. That's actually available on Indie Planet right now if, if you would want to go get it. Yep. Um, uh, you can so buy that's a where she first... of that yeah. um, and read yeah. it tonight. You can read it tonight, everybody. Yeah. So she's in this. So she and Kurzel and... Um, the books themselves are divided in two. There is a 20 page lead story and an eight page backup story. Right. The lead, the lead story is modern day. It's part one of three. It's sort of Tyrannus is coming into the modern world. He's been trapped in, in a limbo like prison for 800 years. Okay. And, and he is emerging into the world and trying to figure out how he, how he fits into this world. The backup story is, um, I do my best to try to honor the work of Stan and Jack, their old tales of Asgard. This is called Tales of Otherworld. Yes. And it's it's all set in the home of the gods. Uh, everybody's in their prime. Tyrannus is on a quest with uh, one of his best friends named Bodin the Blind. Yes. But Bodin 
a couple things about Bowden. Bowden is an original character. Okay. Oh, awesome. So he's not an actual Celtic god. He is an original character. And I did not create him. Oh, really? My son, my youngest son, Aiden, Very created cool. him. Yes. He wanted a character that could stand beside Tyrannus, and he created Bowden the Blind. Bowden cannot see in the conventional sense, but all his other senses operate at the same levels as like Heimdall. Okay. So he doesn't need to see because he's just aware of everything around him anyway. Kind of like a, a hyper awareness, like a, like a cosmic daredevil. <laughs> yeah, he, he calls it his all sight. Oh, so okay. He, he's aware awesome. of all of that. So yeah. Uh, so they're on a quest and they, the, they encounter Dara for the first time. They find this hidden mysterious land called Tyne. Uh, and they encounter Dara for the first time. Uh, hijinks ensue. And by the end of the story, Dara decides to leave Tyne and come back to Avalor, which is the home of the gods, with them. And we move on from there. And one more little uh, point about that. We discussed about Grant Farrell being in the public domain. Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about public domain. Dara is a public domain character as well. Very cool. Yep. She appeared in a story called Dara of the Vikings. Okay. And, uh, I believe the book was Strange Adventures. I'd have to look. You you have the book with you, so you'd be able to see the citation on the bottom. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see. It's it's underneath the credits. Yes, the Dara of the Vikings in Strange Worlds number two from 1951. Yes. So what I did was I, I adapted that story. And instead of it being Dara of the Vikings, she's Dara of the Celts. Right. And she's now blended into the world of the of the other world, the world of the gods. Okay. So that's how you do that's what you do with original or uh, public domain characters. You can use them any way you want. You can do anything you want with them. You can keep them the same. You can revamp them entirely and tell all new adventures. Yeah. You can uh, set them in the past. You can set them in the present. You can set them in the future. It doesn't matter. You've got, you're, you're free to do what you want. Yeah. And so I did that with Dara. Awesome. I mean, it, it, so one little thing that, you know, I want to kind of, close the conversation with and then we'll let people know how they can you know if they want to jump on for tyrannus number two or some of the other appearances that he's going to be making throughout uh, kind of like your comic book connections um is we've been talking about other versions of thor so how are you able to create basically uh your take on a thunder god character without running into any uh how we say uh legal issues uh with um you've you've taught me so much about this whole world of how to use characters and do it well but also not get yourself in any hot water and i just wanted you to share that with listeners so they can maybe learn something new today so thor and all the gods are all public domain because they are stories that humanity has told for thousands of years. Right. So no, no one person can own any of that. So multiple companies across the years have all done versions of Thor of one kind or another. As long as your Thor looks different than some other version of Thor, as long as well, well, we'll say as long as that's the case, you're safe. And he can be in your book. You can call him Thor. You can do whatever you want with him, and you're not going to get into any trouble. If he looks like the Marvel Thor, you're going to get into trouble. If he looks like Eric Larson's Thor from Savage Dragon, you're going to get into trouble. Uh, if he looks like Walt Simonson's Thor from Ragnarok, you're going to get into big trouble. Um, but public domain is... You can own your version of the character. Right. So that's where we get into copyright and that's where we get into trademark. Now, because Marvel can't own Thor, Thor. And a, as a concept, right? they have copyrighted their version of the character and they've got the trademark 
on their version of the character. So you're not allowed to make, like I said, you can't make another Thor look like him. Right. You also cannot have a book that's called Thor. Correct. They own the trademark on that title. So you cannot, no matter how much you want to, make a book called Thor. There was a uh, another Thor series from a different company. It was called Thunder God. Uh, there, you know, you could call it the Thunderer. You could call it, you know, Thor's Day's book, and you'd be fine. But right. if you try to have a title that just says Thor, you're gonna get it's a, a no-go. It's a no-go. So, uh, so I'm thank you. That's I, I remember when we were talking about that, and we we're talking about copyright and trademark. That was forever ago. But I was like, I find this so interesting, um, and I I think listeners would uh, also be curious to to know like how can other versions of this character exist? Well, I mean, hey, public domain is a great thing, um, and it can it provides so many different creators with options of how to reinvent things in their own image um but speaking of reinventing things in your own image uh how can if listeners are intrigued by what tyrannus is and your story with the character and some of the things we've we've picked apart from this first issue what's coming up with the character and how can people kind of support this ongoing tyrannus adventure yeah. So upcoming, there's two books available at IndiePlanet.com, Tyrannus the Thunderlord number zero, which basically just is a book that is all of my ideas about what I wanted to do with it. Character designs, some thoughts from me, a few pinups, things of that nature. It's uh, like a handbook. Um, a little bit. A little uh, bit. In a way. And then there's Torvald the Viking versus Tyrannus the Thunderlord. That's a one shot. Uh, that's available as well. And then uh, coming up, there's some more Kickstarters from G-Man Comics. Uh, there's going to be a Christmas-specific Kickstarter coming up. Awesome. Uh, yep. It's it's uh, a one-shot Christmas special. Rick's releasing what he's calling a grindhouse edition of Lynx, which means it's rough and bloody and and Oh. Hot. Yeah. And then it's also going to be your opportunity that if you missed out on any of the previous issues, you can go through the back catalog and get what you want. Awesome. So if you did not, didn't get Tyrannus this time, that, that'll be your next chance, but it'll also be your chance when we do the campaign for Tyrannus number two. Okay. So, yep. So, so, and people can keep up to date on these things if they just follow you on Facebook and um, Instagram through the Steel Wolf uh, account. Basically, wherever fine Eric Bennett stuff is is found, uh, you can you can support these kickstarters and 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 get on board with Tyrannus's adventures. That's right. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, there's uh, Steel Wolf Official on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, you can look up Eric and Bennett. That's me. There's also a Tyrannus the Thunderlord specific character page that you can follow right you can follow g-man comics you can there's a steel wolf page if you want to follow that right uh, so yeah there's no shortage of places to find the info so uh just uh, by the way listeners just from one from one backer to some potential backers um eric has been beyond uh cool with I mean, we we talk comics we talk writing we talk all sorts of stuff and um I can assure you uh, that maybe maybe you've never bought an indie comic before. I know I had not bought an indie comic before, um, but getting to know like the man behind the panels and getting to pick his brain about stuff. These comics are made with care and uh, Eric's not getting rich off of this. So if you're like <laughs> the Kickstarter is literally so that you have the book in your hands. Yeah. Um, so they, they make them as uh, inexpensive as they can for you to just enjoy a good independent comic created by people who really do care and love these characters and these stories. So next time you see a Tyrannus Kickstarter or a Steel Wolf, uh, one of Eric's other uh, characters, if you see one of these Kickstarters go up, uh, give it some thought and support this, uh, this, uh, 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 really enjoyable uh, independent comic pursuit that Eric has been on for, for a few years now. Um, 
He's become a good friend of this show. He is also a member of our Thor Corps. So um, Eric has supported us. We love to support him. And uh, as we wrap up today, Eric, any last thing you want to, uh, on whether it's our topic or Tyrannus, uh, do you want to tell listeners before we wrap this uh, up and we head back across the Bifrost? There are so many versions of Thor out there. And the fun thing about it is that none of them are wrong. Right. He's a character that not only does he have a lot of aspects to his personality, but everybody's free to do what you want with him. So really, there's not a wrong take on the character. Right. Um, as far as Tyrannus, I will just say, and I've told you this, and you always sort of grumble at me for saying it, but I am not Jason Aaron. I am not Walt Simonson. <laughs> I am a dude who's just trying to have fun and make an entertaining book. Uh, Tyrannus, I try to write it in the style of sort of a Bronze Age Thor comic. That so definitely comes through. It, if you're a listener and you're like, oh, I love Bronze Age Thor, it does come across. So just, just know so, that, listeners. Uh, no no smoke has been blown. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's basically it. But uh, Eric, man, I always enjoy these hangouts. Uh, sometimes I actually, if we hadn't have gotten through so many technical difficulties tonight, I would have forgotten we were even recording. Uh, but uh, so just know, uh, listeners, we will, uh, when we see stuff about Tyrannus Kickstarters, we will throw it up on our Facebook page. We will put the link in our bio on Instagram. We'll make sure that you know what's going on in the world of, of Eric's comics. And uh, yeah, if you want to become a Thorcore member like Eric, uh, you can also do that by hitting the link in our episode description where you can join the Thorcore for just a few bucks a month. You get a bonus show every week. Now we're doing weekly bonus shows that uh, we're going to just keep the conversation going with our guests. And maybe we'll throw in uh, some, some fun stuff for you that's only Patreon specific. And you'll also get early episodes. Uh, as soon as we can record them, you will have them if you're part of the Thor core. And uh, yeah, that's a great way to support the show. We've got some ambitious goals for, for the rest of this year and for 2023. We talked a lot about uh, one Mr. Walt Simonson today. And I'll tell you what, he is on the front of my mind for 2023. And uh, we're, if you're part of the Thor, Thor, Thor is praying to, to all the old gods and the new gods that <laughs> yes. comes to fruition. But if you're part of the Thor court, you'll get to be a part of the decision on how we uh, how we proceed forward. So just know that. And you can go follow the show at on Instagram at Mighty Thor Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group, the uh, Cross the Bifrost Mighty Thor Podcast. We just ask you, you follow our one rule. Do not be an asshole. It is a public, uh, it is a public group, and we want to keep it that way. And a lot of a lot of great people, a part of our Facebook, a lot of part of our uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm truly fortunate and blessed to be uh, to be uh, doing this show for you. And uh, yeah, we have so much good stuff. I mean, I feel like I say that every episode, but I truly do believe we have good stuff coming up. So for myself. For Eric Bennett, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this five other versions of Thor that you should know. And until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I encourage you, dear listeners, to stay worthy.